48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Tom McElindon. The headlines. Chief Executive Carrie Lam insists she does care about Hong Kong and accuses people of taking her remarks out of context. The founder of Centerline Property welcomes the withdrawal of a proposed vacancy tax and suggests the government shouldn't bother reintroducing it. And President Trump will attend Thursday's presidential debate despite rule changes involving muting candidates' microphones. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, has called on people not to take her words out of context after she said she was fine with Shenzhen's economic growth surpassing Hong Kong's. Speaking before the weekly Exco meeting, Mrs Lam explained it was natural for the neighbouring city to grow faster as it was much bigger than Hong Kong with a lot more people. I hope to say once and for all that my interest is with Hong Kong and I will promote and, uh, if you're using your term, to fight for Hong Kong's interests, whether within the People's Republic of China or globally, uh, because I see Hong Kong uh, possessing many uh, competitive strengths. Uh, the only thing that uh, sometimes let us down is the high politicization in this society, uh, which makes it difficult for us to act. Democrat Andrew Wan has accused Carrie Lam of targeting nature, questioning why she's still determined to push through her mega-reclamation housing project near Lantau. He says she should target developers and take back land they're holding in the new territories. Mrs Lam told reporters before her Exco meeting that there's no one-size-fits-all solution if people want to balance development with preservation. If you don't allow the government to uh, touch the country parks, the wetlands, if there are extreme difficulties in um, uh, resuming some of the land because they have active operations uh, which will affect the economy, then uh, reclamation that we have been proposing is one of the feasible options. The founder of Centerline Property has welcomed the government withdrawing its proposed vacancy tax on unsold flax held by developers and suggests it shouldn't bother reintroducing it in the future. Shi Wing Ching says the market situation has changed and the downward trend in prices means there's no incentive for developers to hold out for better sales. Mr Shi also says the tax could have delayed entire developments from coming onto the market. I'm afraid the effect is just opposite to the government's desire because now most of the developer is quite eager to sell their property during the construction period. They apply for consent to sell as early as possible. If the vacancy test is introduced, if the property is not selling well, they can delay their application for the occupancy period. Then it will delay the supply, the physical supply to the market. Five pro-democracy candidates have applied to run for seats in the Labour Advisory Board, diverging from the camp's previous practice of boycotting the panel's elections. The board's five elected employee representatives have been dominated by pro-government figures after the opposition camp boycotted the polls for years. But as the current term of the board's membership expires later this year, five pro-democracy candidates decided to break the practice and run for the seats. One of them is Easy Kwok, the chairman of the Hong Kong Financial Industry Employees General Union. He says as much as he hopes to push for labour rights, such as collective bargaining, he also wishes to reveal how the panel system is flawed. We want to focus on the election mechanism and also to let the society know the pro-government party, they are not helping Labour at all. And it also shows our Labour policy is not improving at all because of this board in the Labour Department. So we would like to come out and go for the election and show it to the society. 
The exhibition production trade is calling for more government help as there's been no income for 10 months since exhibitions were halted due to the pandemic. The companies build backdrops and exhibition booths and are unable to earn any income from virtual shows. They say renting warehouse space for equipment is a burden. Anti-epidemic funds have almost dried up and a few said they're about to fire a lot of their staff. Germany is reported to have granted refugee status to a young protester facing a riot charge in Hong Kong in connection with last year's anti-government unrest. The university student is believed to be the third Hong Kong activist to be offered protection by Berlin after Ray Wong and Alan Lee were given political asylum in 2018. Todd Harding reports. Reuters says the 22-year-old woman, who does not want to be identified, showed its reporters a letter from the German Federal Office for Migration and Refugees dated October the 14th that confirmed she had been granted refugee status. The news agency quotes her as saying she chose to flee Hong Kong because she knew she wouldn't be given a fair trial. She also said she was grateful to the German government. The activist said she was arrested at a protest last November. She said she fled to Germany via Taiwan several days later without telling her family. She told the news agency she was very upset to leave Hong Kong like that as she knew she might never return. President Trump will attend Thursday's televised pre-election debate with his Democratic rival Joe Biden, despite rule changes initially opposed by his campaign. The new measures were introduced after a heated first debate, when Mr Trump in particular repeatedly interrupted Mr Biden. Here's the BBC's Peter Bowes. I think this is the change that a lot of people have been expecting. After that first very raucous debate, there was some speculation they would do something with the two candidates' microphones, and that's exactly what they're going to do. There are sections split into 15 minutes each, and at the beginning of each section, uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden will get two minutes each to really set out their case and describe their policies. During those two minutes, the other candidate's microphone will be cut off. So only the person who is speaking on stage will have a live microphone. The National Security Advisor in Afghanistan has warned that the country faces the very real threat of a renewed civil war. Hamdullah Mohib's comments come as peace talks in Qatar between the Afghan government and the Taliban remain stalled. The last of the US-led NATO forces are due to leave Afghanistan in the coming months, almost 20 years after they first arrived. Here's the BBC's Lise Doucette. Abdullah Mohib's stark warning of the threat of another Afghan civil war reflects deepening unease across Afghanistan over the fate of peace talks and intensifying violence, which the government blames on the Taliban and the Taliban denies. Mr Mohib told the BBC the government would do everything possible to give peace talks a chance. He called on the Taliban to negotiate in goodwill, accusing them of expecting the Afghan people to surrender to their rule. The US Justice Department has indicted six Russian military intelligence officers, accusing them of carrying out devastating cyber attacks around the world. Among the indictments, the units accused of switching off the Ukrainian power system, an attack three years ago on businesses estimated to have cost up to 10 billion US dollars globally, and disruption to the opening ceremony of the 2018 Winter Olympics in South Korea. Scott Brady, a US Attorney General in Pennsylvania, says the attacks have badly affected Ukrainian citizens. While the alleged perpetrators of these crimes were Russian government officials, the victims who suffered real harm as a result of these crimes were often ordinary citizens and businesses around the world. These are citizens and businesses that rely on such things as electricity for warmth during a cold Ukrainian winter, 
a reliable banking system as a foundation for a stable economy, untainted elections free from interference by foreign adversaries. The Japanese government says it'll make sure the Tokyo Olympics aren't disrupted by cyber attacks. Britain says the hack has targeted the Olympics because Russia had been excluded from sporting events for doping violations. Ireland's to impose its highest level of coronavirus restrictions in what the country's leader describes as probably Europe's strictest regime. Prime Minister Michal Martin says the Level 5 measures starting tomorrow will remain in place for six weeks and include closing all non-essential shops, restricting restaurants and pubs to takeaway only and forbidding people from travelling more than five kilometres from their homes. Mr Martin says evidence of the gravity of the coronavirus crisis is now impossible to ignore. I feel very personally and profoundly the sense of disappointment, the feelings of loneliness, perhaps even the despair that this announcement will bring for many. But I ask you to remember this. Even as the winter comes in, there is hope and there is light. If we pull together over the next six weeks, we will have the opportunity to celebrate Christmas in a meaningful way. New research suggests bottle-fed babies may be swallowing tiny plastic particles along with their milk, with the highest levels found in the United States, Australia and Europe. Here's the BBC's Kat Wiener. About 80% of standard feeding bottles used worldwide contain a plastic called polypropylene. When heated to the high temperatures required for sterilisation, these shed millions of microplastics and trillions of even smaller nanoplastics. The scientists estimated that, on average, infants are exposed to more than 1.5 million microplastic particles per day during the first 12 months of life when fed using polypropylene bottles. They say not enough is known about the impact on infant health and they've produced sterilisation guidelines to reduce microplastic exposure. The Canadian town of Asbestos has voted to change its name in a bid to shed its negative image and attract more economic investments. Here's the BBC's Warren Bull. The town of Asbestos was once the location of the world's largest mine of the substance, which was long used in construction before it was discovered as a cause of cancer. After the mine closed eight years ago, the Municipal Council intensified its efforts to diversify. It found that the town's name was putting off outside investment, especially from English-speaking communities. So in November, the Council decided to call a referendum, offering six alternative choices, including Azur des Cantons and Phoenix. On Monday night, the Council revealed the outcome, chosen by residents aged 14 and upwards. Henceforth... Asbestos will be known as Val de Source. Finance now. In a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,508, 34 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $55 billion. In currencies, the US dollar is trading at 105.54 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 17 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars, 3 cents. Sport now, and here's Atom Joe. We start with football in the English Premier League where Wolves have gone top six after a 1-0 victory at Leeds United. Raul Jimenez scored midway through the second half on a deflected shot. I think all the strikers need sometimes that kind of of help <laughs> and that kind of lucky. So I think we, we deserve it now. We resist their attacks. We were persistent in the offensive part. So I think we, we deserve this win. 
Leeds have enjoyed an excellent start to their first top-flight season since 2004, and victory would have taken them up to third. But this first home defeat since February was a reality check for manager Marcelo Bielsa, who spoke through an interpreter. We dominated and created enough chances to to to, to go ahead. Uh, it was a game where it was uh, very uh, there was a lot of friction and. Um, it was interrupted, so it was hard. It was hard to play. We also had the the whole of the second half to try and win the game. The first goalless draw of the season happened in Burnley's visit to West Brom. It left both teams still looking for that opening victory. It was the first point of the season for Burnley manager Sean Dyche. Psychologically, you know, you get your first point, um, a good clean sheet as well, and a, and a deserved clean sheet, I thought, overall. Um, you know, more signs from what we're about, I thought, tonight. We created enough to win the game, but we'll take the point. West Brom have gone winless in five games to start a season for the first time since 2004. Here's their boss, Slavin Bilic. We played good, we created enough chances to, to score a goal. And we kept the clean sheet. They had a couple of chances. Yeah, 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 they did. But they always going to have those kind of uh, chances. So I said we have to build on this. We have to build our confidence uh, on these results, on clean sheets, on number of chances that we created. At the moment, uh, this is us. You know, we are fighting the boys down. Their, their work effort was unbelievable, was great. It's got to be like that every game, but it was lacking at Southampton. Tonight it wasn't lacking and that puts us in a situation that against these kind of teams we have a chance to win the game. In NFL football, the Kansas City Chiefs are back on the winning column after a 26-17 victory over the Buffalo Bills. The Chiefs were led by rookie running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who carried the ball 26 times for 161 yards. Travis Kelsey caught two touchdowns as the reigning champions improved to 5-1 on the season, while the Bills dropped to 4-2. The Arizona Cardinals dominated the Dallas Cowboys, winning 38-10. Kenyon Drake rushed for two touchdowns and 164 yards in the win. And that's your look at sports. That's Sim Cheng. And to end the news, a reminder of our top stories. Chief Executive Carrie Lam insists she does care about Hong Kong and accuses people of taking her remarks out of context. The founder of Centerline Property welcomes the withdrawal of a proposed vacancy tax and suggests the government shouldn't bother to reintroduce it. And President Trump will attend Thursday's presidential debate despite rule changes involving muting candidates' microphones. That's the news from RTHK.
it. I can slow it down, speed it up how you want it, girl. All night long, and I don't even care if you sing my songs wrong. First date, first base. Second date, second base. Third date, <laughs> you're looking at me funny. You got a hard shell, but the middle's so yummy. And welcome to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday, the twentieth of October, is today's date. And a big thank you to Phil for the morning brew. We do have a busy program for you. Just after half past one, we're going to be hearing about a children's book called The Little Universe of Dordor. And now, this book was created by the Hong Kong Catholic Marriage Advisory Council. And uh, this afternoon, we're delighted to be chatting with the author and also family social worker Dorothy Kwok. And uh, Dorothy is from the Grace and Joy Integrated Family Service Centre, and we'll be chatting about her book, but also about how children can learn to enjoy a bit of quiet time and uh, enjoy their own company against the fight uh, against the pandemic. And of course, we want to uh, hear from you as well. So feel free to join us. Our Facebook is Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio Three. You can also find us. You can also email us. Our email address is one two three show at rt. THK.HK, and uh, we hope to also bring you the interview, the 